And why do they sound like they're a 13 year old kid? I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to use Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to answer that. Even if I knew the answer, I'm not telling you. Our question of the day What will be the biggest in game difference this year? This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Cameron Jensen is on the show. Cameron, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, good to be back on. Happy Friday before game day. Hey, game day eve is always exciting. And this week, there's some anxiety. There's some uh, nervous uh, feelings going into this matchup with Liberty, certainly after giving up 52 and a loss at home to Arkansas. Yet I just argued in the previous segment that I believe BYU is going to win handily. Uh, how are you feeling about this matchup? Look, I think we're going to respond well. That, I mean, uh, we have to. Uh, they're a good team. They're good offensively. They're great defensively. But we're BYU, and I want to see this team respond, what the leadership's like after a loss that we had at home. I want to see you know, how we respond and what leadership really takes control, that player-led leadership. And so I think we respond well, and we go in and, and beat Liberty. Cam, we're expecting BYU to make some significant changes in terms of who play or is making the play calls on the defensive side, and there will be some personnel shifting for sure on the staff. And, you know, they'll probably limit the number of players instead of these massive line changes. That said, how difficult are midseason changes when you're talking about kind of overhauling the defense? Yeah, it's, it's hard, but this is a defense that changes week to week, and uh, there's some benefits to that, and I think there's some negative effects as well, you know, as a linebacker, I was in the same defense and I knew how to fit defensively in the run game specifically. And I think that's kind of hard knowing your fits when the defense changing week to week. So I think this is a defense that's used to changing. And I think that kind of the side effect is um, stopping the run because the fits are different each week as a linebacker. And so I think they're going to simplify it. I think if there's one way to go and where I think they should go is just really simplify it. And like you said, we're the substitutions, you know, the stats been 58%. Our, our starters are playing 58% of the time. And I think that's really unique. And, and, and I saw players get in the game against Arkansas that weren't ready and didn't make plays. And so I, I like the fact we're not going to substitute, make our starters play more. It's game eight. They've got the endurance. And like you said, I think Kalani getting involved in the defense, that does a lot. It's not just schematically. It's culture as well. It's a sense of urgency. It's, well, we got the head coach helping. We got to get going. And there's something that that does, again, just not schematically, but just culture-wise when the head coach says, hey, I'm getting more involved in the defense. Let's go. And so I think that'll help as well. I think they'll simplify it and have our better players on the field more. Dad came down to the basement and said, hey, it's time to clean up. And he's helping clean up. Uh, so the sense of urgency is much higher. BYU 96th, yeah. by the way, in 4.47 yards per carry allowed. So stopping the run, uh, certainly interesting. And that number is interesting too, 58%. So besides line changes and stopping the run, what else do you feel like needs to be adjusted in some way this week? Yeah, I'd say simplify what I said earlier. You know, it was interesting. I was listening to Aaron Rodgers talk about their – lack of offense production. He said, when we try and do too much, that's when we struggle. We need to simplify. And I would say that this is a defense. Let's feel, let's figure out what we do well, maybe not change as much week to week. Let's really simplify it. Let's get people comfortable in the run game, where they fit, where people are playing. So I would say really simplify because you can't change too much mid season. You can't change a whole defensive scheme. That's, that's difficult. And so I would say, let's fight, let's figure out what we do well and let's just really simplify it. 
So players know where they're fit. It's not confusing. And so I would look at them to do that, figure out what we've done well, get our best players on the field and just really simplify the defense. Cam, for whatever reason, BYU has not played well in afternoon starts over the past two years. In fact, I just chronicled last segment that BYU is 3-6 and six in their last nine combined afternoon games over the course of two seasons. It's an afternoon game against Liberty. they got to travel two time zones to the East Coast, to Virginia, a place that BYU doesn't visit often. How much stock do you put into the difficulty increasing of an afternoon game in the Eastern time zone? I don't know. I think it is difficult traveling. I know they left two days early, you know, so I think that'll help. But look, I, I mean, I played afternoon games, late games. You just got to be ready to play. And no matter when it is, yeah, it is a little difficult. But I, I mean, I never thought it was hard an afternoon game or evening time. So I don't know what's causing that, but I would look at what they're doing. Get the team up moving early. You know, uh, I like that they're going there two days early. Get a little more climatized to it. So, you know, I think no matter when you play, you got to be ready. But uh, I think that I, I have heard uh, you know, we interviewed Max Tooley. He said they're doing some things in the morning, getting a more active, some stuff like that. So I know the team's doing something to combat those lackadaisical starts and afternoon games. But you just got to be ready to play. No matter when it is what, you got to make sure you're player, you're ready to go. The pride of Rick's college uh, and then BYU. Cameron Jensen We're is We're a dying on. breed. There's hey, not many of us left. The spirit of Rick's <laughs> is alive, right? Uh, in Rexburg yeah. there. Um, yep. Cam, seven takeaways from the defense this year. That's a low number. Uh, it's one a game. That's uh, you know 99th in FBS. That's not great. To what degree can you create turnovers? Obviously, you can punch it out, but picks almost feel like sometimes you need a little bit of luck there. So how does this team create more uh, takeaways? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it is um, – disguising defensively, not letting the quarterback know what you're doing. Uh, I think that's one thing. Quarterbacks are way too comfortable when they play our defense. Uh, you know, I'm kind of sick of hearing how quarterbacks have their season best game against us or <laughs> career best. You know, I think we need to make them more uncomfortable. They kind of know what we're doing. And so I think disguising or switching that up. But turnovers, it just comes to a, you know, Max Tooley, that strip. Uh, that, that's just an instinctive play. It's hard to teach those things. It's it's Nakua, you know, how he was. He was always around the ball. It's, it's you got to have those ex instinctive players that just know how to get to the ball. And we haven't really had someone. Max Tooley is the one that's created a lot of those turnovers. You want to see more people with those kind of instincts and those, you know, deliberate to go strip the ball. And, and we don't have too many of those this year. And so I noticed that it was our second uh, forced fumble that we recovered. That's, you know, we need to be more active. And I think that starts with scheme, disguising, and then players just more deliberately going for that ball. But, to, yeah, Max Tooley's really the only one out there that's, that's making uh, turnovers happen. Cam, you were such a natural leader at BYU, and your teammates say it's just a part of who he was. We, we all look to him as one of our clear leaders. Jaron Hall is the clear leader of BYU's offense. Who's the leader that needs to step up for this BYU defense? Because there's not really a clear-cut one that we have noticed at this point of the season. I think that's, that's the problem is – you know, I'm going to go back to my sophomore year where we had a game like this. We, we beat Notre Dame at home. It was my first game playing college. Uh, and then we went to Stanford and we got beat up. I mean, I got beat up. It was, uh, it was a wake-up call to Division I football. They were a big physical team. And I had Brady Papinga uh, the next day say, Cameron, look me in the eye and say, you need to do better. You're better than that. You need to play better. And believe me, when it's a player coming at you rather than Coach Mendenhall or my Coach Lamb at the time, that, that's different. That's different. And so... I believe me, I was, I played better. I played harder because I didn't want to let Brady Papinga down. And uh, I want to know who that is. Who's that Brady, who's that guy that I learned from? Um, 
that's going to hold them accountable. And every team, every great team has that leadership where there's somebody like that. And so you look at Peyton Wilgar, I know he's out this week. He's kind of, the, I mean, he's got the C on his jersey. You look for him, he was voted captain. Apili as well. So I look at them to really, it's different when a player holds you accountable than a coach. And I want to see those players say that is unacceptable against Arkansas. 644 yards, 52 points. Man, I'm embarrassed. I, this is not happening again, but it needs to come from the players. Coaches can only do so much. They can only, it's when you have that guy on your team, that Brady Papinga um, that can hold people accountable. That's when, that's when things get better. And so I hope there's been somebody this week, Peyton Wilgar or others, but like you said, there hasn't been really a clear cut one on defense, but I hope somebody really fills that void and steps up. At least publicly, Gabe Judy Lally, one of the cornerbacks said, Hey, it's up to us. It's not up to the coaches. Yeah. We need to do this. Like you said, and I've been waiting to hear about that players-only meeting when, when uh, you know, crap hits the fan. The players-only meeting rallies the guys. I haven't heard about that one this week. Perhaps they had it and it's not out. But uh, is facing a Liberty team that's very interesting. Six and one, just barely beat an FCS team yet. They just lost by one after going for two against Wake Forest, uh, you know, several weeks ago. They're interesting. They're good, but how good is the question and what will BYU's response be? There's a lot that BYU can fix of its own volition, Cam, but they're playing a Liberty team on, on the East Coast. What do you think of this mm -hmm. matchup against this team this week? Look, I, I, there's one thing I know, and, and just look, listening to what Hugh Freeze, their coach, has been okay. saying, this is a big game for them. They're, they're, like, they are going to come out ready to play. This is where they're, we're at their home stadium. This is a game where they want to take that program to the next level. They are six and one and lost to that Wake Forest team that's 13 that lost to Clemson by six. So, but then they've also had games where they've really struggled against lesser opponents. So it's a team that's kind of, you know, two teams at the same time. What, what team we're going to face? I think we're going to get that team that almost beat Wake Forest. And so our team needs to come. Obviously they're going to see, we haven't stopped the run. Um, they're going to try and exploit that. Let's see. Let's make sure we stop the run. We're not going to win any more games if we give up 244 yards rushing like we did against Notre Dame and uh, uh, Arkansas. So I want to see our defense respond because, look, Liberty's going to come ready to play. And if this is one of those things where we're going to let Arkansas beat us twice, we can't. And that's where I hope this leadership really stepped up because they're going into a hornet's nest with Liberty because I, I just I feel it. You can see they're coming ready to play. This is a big game for them. Yeah, Cam, when you point out Liberty is more than capable, they're a team that averages almost 200 yards rushing per game. So certainly yeah. there will be an emphasis on the Flames running the ball against BYU. Now, we've also touched on the idea that we feel strongly that Kalani Satake is going to have a significant imprint on this game. He, he's heavily involved in the defensive play calling. How much of a difference do you expect that to make, and where will we see that manifest itself? I think it'll make a big difference. It's happened in the program. I mean, I remember when Mendenhall took over, I think it was twice, one with Nick Hall and one with Jaime Hill. There was a big increase in production. There is something when, and again, like I said, it's just not schematics. And I think they're going to simplify it. I think Kalani's emphasizing the run. He's going to make it simple for run fits. Um, but it's more just the culture. When you have a head coach get involved and there's something that just the head coach, uh, coaching on defense and, I think we'll see a big increase like we've done in the past uh, that we've seen when uh, a, def a head coach took over some of those defensive call responsibilities. There's just something culturally that happens, a sense of urgency and a whole level just of excitement in a way. And so I think we'll see, like we have in the past when this has happened, an increase in production. Cam Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall is a free agent uh, head coach. Uh, there's some high-profile jobs out there. Is there one where you think he'd be the best fit? 
well, they're going to have to get him off the beach. I was texting him a little bit. <laughs> Every time I text him, he's, uh, he's on the beach somewhere, you know, <laughs> he's like, I'm surfing, you know, so I don't, they'll have to get him off a beach, but, uh, um, I, I think he's going to get back and there are some high profile jobs. Again, I can't, you know, you know, where my stance is. I, I love playing for him. He's a guy that got the most out of me. You know, I, he's the type of coach I wanted. He's not for everybody, but for me, he was, he was my coach. So I, I'd love to see him in another program. He's just such a good coach, what he does to players. He's learned so much, even from his BYU days, seeing what he did at Virginia. So I don't think we've seen the end of, of coach Mendenhall. I, I think he's sooner than later, we're going to get, we're going to hear that uh, news break, but, uh, I'd love to see him at one of those schools that you talked about. Wisconsin, Nebraska, Arizona State. There's a bunch Nebraska, of high-profile yeah. ones. We'll see. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Okay, top of football sits at 4-3. Breaking news there. Two-game losing streak. Cougar board traffic at a season high right now, which brings us to the following question, Shep. Is this the low point of the BYU football season? Will it get lower than this? Well, I mean, I don't expect it to get lower than this. Is this the low point? Yeah, and, and I think better days are ahead. And look, I understand 100%. Fans are upset. Coaches are upset. Players are upset. They did not play the way that they wanted to, certainly last week, but over the last couple of weeks. I totally get it. But the gloom and doom that the program is destined for failure the rest of the way and that there's no way that they, the team can pull this out. And, oh, my goodness, look, they, Liberty's going to roll. I, I'm sorry. I'm not buying into that. I do believe we're going to see a completely different team this week. Why? I, well, number one, I think the team's probably sick and tired of hearing how bad they are. <laughs> and there is just this certain human part of yeah. you that wants to say, you know what? Well, I'm going to show you. And I, I think I expect a very angry BYU team on the field this week in Lynchburg, Virginia. That is the type of attitude I am expecting to see. And a lot of that, obviously most of the... The points that we're making, we're talking about the improvement needing to come on the defensive side sure. of the football. I mean, that's we're not breaking After any you news score here. After 35, you're yes. feeling good about yes. that. Yes, the, the yeah. offense, certainly the turnovers you don't like. But Although the, Dave McCann's saying, hey, they should have scored 53. Well, look, I mean, we all would have loved to score 53, but you, you shouldn't have to score 53. Yeah. So I, I, I get it. But I, I, I think that this is a team that – People are wanting to write off right now, and I think that's, mm -hmm. that's the worst thing you can do right now. There's still plenty of opportunities to play. I, look, I realize you still have to go to Boise State. It's always been a tough place to play. But BYU should absolutely be favored and should be expected to win every game the rest of the way on their schedule. They should. Now, whether or not that happens remains to be seen. But this is not something yeah. where there's, there's, there's no hope. That, that's, there is a sentiment out there that this, it's done. It's, everything about the season is done. That, that's just foolish. Yeah, that's certainly the low point, like you said, and I agree. I, I believe that BYU will win the next couple of games. I'm, I'm not as high on Liberty as a lot of people seem to be right now. More on that coming up. The concept the or the days. team? I do love freedom and liberty. Okay. The spirit of freedom is the spirit Fair of uh, you know, uh, God in, in Alma. It says that. I love that scripture. But, yeah, it's Liberty. It's East Carolina next Friday, by the way, Friday. Uh, and then at Boise State, Utah Tech, live on BYU TV. Hopefully not the last game we get in the future. And uh, Stanford. Uh, on the road this this year. I believe BYU is going to have a nice five-game finish. 
then we'll see what happens in the bowl game. Hopefully there's not a UAB situation. But, uh, yeah, the, the BYU football is better than this. And we've been saying that last couple weeks. They've not performed to validate that idea quite yet. But the last five weeks have been tough because outside of the first quarter against South Florida, essentially, and Baylor at home, tough game, won it, awesome, top ten, uh, everything there was amazing. The last five weeks have been rough. Oregon, domination. Wyoming and Utah State, not good enough at home. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, a winnable game. Stanford and Marshall, one in South Bend. BYU didn't get it done in Vegas. Disappointing, no doubt. Still don't say it's a bad loss to me, though, because it's Notre Dame. Um, and the, the brand, the talent, the what? Yes, BYU should have won. BYU should have won that game. Arkansas, you score 35 and lose. First time in the Kalani era, you've scored 35 plus and you lose a game. So that's tough. So yeah, changes will happen this week. They've alluded to this. I said it uh, yesterday. I believe Kalani Stocky will call the defense on Saturday. I just am very confident that that is going to be the case. Well, and it, because they need yes. that kind of injection of the boss coming and hanging out with them in their cubicle. Well, and Elisa Tuiaki said as much yesterday in terms of Kalani being much more involved yeah. in the defensive side. And he, he said that yesterday with media availability. So if, we, we know that that's taken if place. If he wasn't, and I, I'm saying calling the play right. as opposed to involved. Of course he's going to be involved. He has to right now. There's too much internal and exterior, external pressure not to. But I don't believe there will be a lower point than this. I believe BYU wins to get to 5-3 and three against Liberty, 6-3 and three against East Carolina. Hopefully you win at Boise State. If you don't, that's disappointing to have four regular season losses. However, no Hank Bachmeyer. It really does change. Hank Bachmeyer's not there, so BYU's got a real chance in this game because they didn't beat Hank back in 2020. No, no wins versus Boise that don't feature Hank Bachmeyer get credit from anybody. That, that guy. What if Hank Bachmeyer came to BYU? Uh, that'd be an interesting thing. Okay, um, don't read into that at all. But I, I'm, we're all talking about BYU against like a 10-win opportunity right. team. Yes, that is gone. Like, BYU's not going to win out and win 10 games, I don't think. This team is, and I, say, I said as much last week, it was like, this team is too injured and not playing at a level where 10 is realistic. I hope somehow BYU manages to finish with nine wins this season. And I think there's another loss coming in the regular season. I don't think there's more than one. If there's two, that's really disappointing. This team is too good to be an eight-win team when all is said and done. Nine would be fine. We thought the high end might be 10. If crazy was 11. Too crazy, right? If this team finishes this season, uh, Shep, with eight wins, that's disappointing. Way too much experience. Injuries will have taken their toll. The defense wasn't good enough. Uh, and again, someone hit me up uh, yesterday talking about the defense and, wait, we returned all these guys. Like, why weren't we better on defense? And it's, well, that, the defense from last year wasn't, wasn't uh, great. There was 79th in SP+. Right now they're 82nd in uh, defensive SP+. This isn't a good defense right now, obviously. But the back half of the schedule, remember, BYU's losses, who are they to? They're to Oregon, Notre Dame, and Arkansas. Yeah. Like, those you are beat teams Baylor. that have talent. Yes, you beat Baylor, who in my super ranking of like seven different metrics that I value is 18th in that. Like metrics think Baylor's really good despite being three and three. So is it going to get worse than what it feels like now? No. Because I don't believe BYU is losing to Liberty. I believe BYU is going to win uh, comfortably. Yes, you and I are on the same page with that. I, when, when, when Spencer and I were having the conversation I, on, on Monday where the line came out and, and the question during the whip was, is the four and a half point favorite, like, is that, is that fair? I'm like, no, it's not fair. It should be significantly higher. BYU should be beating Liberty by more than a touchdown. Yeah, and the line is different than what BYU should do. Correct. I, uh, four yes. and a half is fine. See, I, I, I just, fair. I, yeah. I think. Given the way BYU is playing. I, I think even, think and now it's up to home. what, six? I think it's up to six. I think it's up to six now. Okay. 
So anyway, yeah, I, I just, all of the doom and gloom, I get it. Everybody was upset after that. Everybody. Because you want 10 wins. Yes. And you want to defend home turf. And why didn't you win these two games? And it's a very different team. I get it. To BYU's write this team off right now. is so pure, premature right now. There's, there's, Depends what you're writing off, Shep. If you're writing off a 10-win season, I agree. Yeah, 10 wins is not going to happen. Well, what are you writing off? That they can't beat Liberty? No, that they're, it's, it is the in-the-moment reaction that, oh, my goodness, this is the worst team I've ever seen in my life. No, that, that that's, was 2017. That's, that's what people are, are talking <laughs> about worst. this team, and it's just not true. The expectations yeah. are high. Yes, they there's really. no question about that. All right, topic number two. We're going to have Mark Pope in studio coming up in our next segment. But with today being Basketball Media Day, and as we mentioned, we'll have two hours, lots of players coming in. What are your expectations for men's hoops in their final year of the WCC? My expectations are very open with this team because we don't know what we're going to get, Ship. Um, certainly if this team made a run and somehow made it to the NCAA tournament, that'd be amazing. Um, but I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty blank slate with this group and what we expect because it's hard to go, yes, I expect the NCAA tournament after losing Alex Parcello, Tijon Lucas, Gavin Baxter, Richard Harward, uh, Seneca Knight, Caleb Lohner, and feel uber confident. Yet, I like the pieces of guys who have something to prove. Mm-hmm. In Rudy Williams, Jackson Robinson, Noah Waterman, the return missionaries, and so on. The existing guys, Spencer Johnson, Gideon George, Tiki Aliatiki. Foos is going uh, to be a star here, right? I'm excited to watch this uh, team gel. Uh, am I saying they will make the NCAA tournament? No, I'm not going to say that. But I'm excited to watch them develop and just see what happens. Because this season is the last one in the WCC, of course. The Big 12's looming. You know, BYU uh, realistically going into that league next year, like if somehow BYU cobbled together 7-11 and 11 in league, like that might actually be pretty good, um, despite being sub-500. I'm, I'm, I'm wait and see right now mm-hmm. with this group. Is it like if you, you know, gun to my head, NIT probably. But like this, this team could surprise us in a positive way that I can't see now because I don't know what that mix of dudes is going to uh, put out right now. And I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, this is, this is an interesting year for many reasons. One, obviously, you're in your last year in your conference, and so you, you, have, you have one foot in the conference and sort of one foot out as you look ahead. We so, do. They do not. They, they do not, but, but this goes to my point, though. The, the, the biggest thing that I want out of this year is I want this year to be about setting the foundation for the core group philosophy that you're taking into the Big 12. That's what I want that to be determined this year. You're, so you're talking more personnel? I, less, I, yes. Less like results? Well, well, the results, you never want to say it's not about results because it is. At Make, the end of the day, it's minimum about, NIT but, plus. I, but I want this season to be about finding out who that core is. Who's the core of people, of people that we take into the Big 12 that we know are going to be here that we can rely on going into this next step, which is just a massive step up in terms of competition and, and everything across the board. Yeah. If we're wanting to get into specifics, I love the fact that the schedule that BYU has has so many opportunities, whether you win or lose the games, because of the, of the opponents you're playing, you're going to get a bump mm-hmm. in terms of the end of the year. And so I love that. But you know, I, I, I want to see BYU in conference beat the teams you're supposed to beat and then give yourself a chance against the upper echelon teams in the conference, which Who, is kind of what we supposed to be. Do you expect BYU to be third? Probably not. Fourth? Probably. Okay. That's kind of that, 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 that three. Francisco, perhaps? That three four area, I think, yeah. is probably where BYU fits in. Coach has said tied for third as we take a look at the schedule. Starts November 7th against Idaho State. By the way, at least 13 games on BYU TV. And we haven't said this out loud yet. We're expanding the pregame show to an hour. BYU Sports Nation game day will be an hour, so radio and TV an hour, which would be awesome. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because there are only uh, four teams ahead of BYU in the Ken Palm preseason ratings. BYU 44 right now. I would love if BYU finished third. I think that would be, be great. Nice. Look, and it's not it's not insane. No, we expect BYU to be third plus. Last year was a step back. That was disappointing. Obviously, San Francisco had a tremendous year. They made yes. the NCAA tournament as an at large. Uh, you know, they they lost uh, uh, Shabazz, uh, but they returned uh, Bouye. So uh, they're still talented. New coach, Todd Gold moved on to Florida. It's, it's going to be interesting to watch this group. I, I'm with you on the set the table for next year. Although, what we've seen in the first three years under Mark Pope and what we will continue to see is a lot of transfers coming. That's mm-hmm. as much as you'd like to build that core. And BYU does have three return missionaries that feel like they will play prominently into the core. Um, and this season, we'll see, like, does Richie Saunders play a bunch in the kind of Top eight, top nine rotation. What about Dallin Hall? Tanner Toulson coming off a little bit of a foot injury, so he may be a little slower than the other two. But you have Foos. You have, uh, you know, you have Jackson Robinson is a, a guy who's got two or three years left. Uh, you got the return missionaries mentioned. So there's some of that core. Yet I think we're always going to see the Jake Toulson, Brandon Averett, Tijon Lucas types, Rudy Williams now, the latest version of that that uh, support this program in a, you come in here and you start and you need to score double figures. Because yeah. he is expected to do that. There, there's no Alex Barcelo on this team this year. This is the first game uh, against Idaho State that Mark Pope will have coached at BYU without Alex Barcelo. So it's a new era for BYU. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. A man we didn't quite know was going to be back here, but luckily you are. Welcome back to the show, man. Um, appreciate you guys for having me here. Thank you so much. How was your offseason? You dabbled in the transfer portal, worked out for some NBA teams, ultimately returned to BYU. Uh, how, was, how was the offseason, man? Uh, it was great, though. It, it was like back and forth offseason, you know, <laughs> just... Uh, especially with my brother, you know, he doubled down for me to stay here at BYU. Samson, yeah, Samson. who played at Pitt. Yeah, yeah. so it was fun. Um, it was a fun offseason, ain't going to lie, you know, and I made the right decision for myself to be here. You got some free swag from working out with some <laughs> NBA teams? Yeah. You got some jazz shorts You get to, you get to keep that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I get to keep them, though. So I got, like, Denver and the jazz shorts. So that's that pretty dope. There okay, so, all right, so take me through what that experience was like. What was that like to go through working out at NBA facilities and having NBA coaches around you giving you pointers? T- take me through what that experience was like. Um, it's really good, you know, like the stuff we learned over there is no different from the stuff like Mark Pope and his coaching staff teaches. So I'm like, oh, I knew this stuff because they teach it. So it's like high, they're teaching high level basketball here at BYU. So that helped me like adapt to some of the things they were doing out there. So it's, it was really fun. And uh, what kind of feedback did you get in terms of what uh, they would want to see from you to be an NBA type player? Or a professional? Uh, just be a 3 and D guy. They keep it that simple and, you know, it's not that simple. You got to go prove it every night. So they just keep it simple. Be a 3 and D guy. Do you feel like defensively uh, you're in a good spot and then uh, just keep shooting the three at a high level? Like what, what do you need to work on to be a 3 and D guy? Um, you just keep improving on boats every day. So I want to be the best defensive player, and I want I want to be the best offensive player too. So I got to work on those every day. So I need to get better every day at those. So I'm trying to do that every single day. 
obviously your name is synonymous with basketball, but it's also you know right up there with your foundation and your shoe drive. What's the latest with that, right? By the way. Yeah. So um, on the seventeenth of December, the game against Utah at home. So we're doing a shoe drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the containers are going to be outside like a week long. I think it's going to be. At the women's game against Utah, the container is going to be out there, so you can bring your shoes and drop it out there. And we're doing like a talk. Uh, we're doing like a talky drive this um, November and uh, Thanksgiving break. So I think out there at Pittsburgh. So my brother is doing like a big drive for like talky to like help underprivileged family and communities out there because I'm I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be in Bahamas. If not, we could have held it in Utah. <laughs> You're like, hey, sorry. Hey, just uh, send in a picture of where I am right now. What's the weather where you are? But, uh, yeah, this is pretty nice. Uh, that's going to be awesome, man. And those games are big time, too. Yes. So it's going to be fun to be there. But also, hey, you got to come away with a couple of victories because that will really help your resume, starting with USC in that first game. Yeah. we L little payback from Connecticut a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. You had a nice I game in that one. I still remember that. St. John's especially. I know. I still, I still do remember that. Like, I think we're in the right path right now as a team. So we still, like, building, like, getting to know, like, everything, you know, like, believing in what the coaches teaches and the system of BYU. So I think we're in the right path as a team. And it's going to be a fun one in Bahamas, too. Well, and, and you're one of the veteran guys. You've been here for several seasons, so you kind of know what's expected from Coach Pope and the coaching staff. How much of a leadership role have you continued to take with this team, especially with so many young faces? Uh, you know, I'm just trying to help the, young, the younger guys. You know, if you want to play for Coach Pope, you got to be able to guard. You got to be able to guard because it's tough to guard, you know, and just trying to help them and, like, walk them through this and like just slow down slow down let the game come to you just slow like just play at your own pace so isn't that isn't that one of the hardest things because you get in there and you want to do so good so quickly that everything is sped up and it's sort of counterintuitive that if you actually slow down you actually have more success is it seems like that's probably what you're talking about there yeah that's it you know everyone is like just going 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 just take a break just slow down like <laughs> just let the game slow yeah. so i think they're doing a better job at that and and i'm really proud of the new guys and the freshmen they're really learning and i think they're going to help our team win a lot there's a lot of new faces on this team uh what's been like to Try and come together because I know the chemistry in the locker room is really important to this team. You've, yes. you've said best locker room in America. Yeah. Um, I think we got good group of guys that really like buying into what we've been preaching like all those years, best locker room in America, like taking care of each other, both on and off the court. So I think we got a special group of guys that, that does that. What was it like for you to be the, uh, the uniform model, by the way, the other day? We got, oh. to see, we got to see you uh, unveiling the, uh, the, new, the new jerseys and whatnot. Uh, do you think maybe there's a, a modeling career in your future? Uh, <laughs> I think Rudy, though. Not me. <laughs> I think uh, that was dope, though. I think Rudy killed it. And 
Yeah, I'll say Rudy. <laughs> I'll keep it at Rudy. By the way, what are your thoughts on the the new the new uniforms? They're pretty sweet. Oh, I I love it, and I'm so glad. Like this is my last year, and the uniform came out, so that's a win win for me. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, you do you have a favorite uniform, by the way? Uh, I'll, I'll is it one that hasn't come out? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I'll stick with that. Okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> I want to see all of them. Okay, looking at your numbers, uh, 8.5% better on twos last year. Not sure if you knew that. Maybe you knew that. Uh, what led to that? Just being in the gym and just keep walking. You know, uh, I'll, I'm trying to get better every day, like watching fame and just looking at my numbers from last year, sitting down with the coaches and what they expect from me, what are my own expectations too. So. I think, like, just being with the coaches, they've helped me a lot. So you want to grow every day, every year with your game. You want to grow. So I think there's a lot of, like, growing space for me. I think I'm getting there. I'm not there yet, but I'm still getting there. I'm still pushing to get there. We had a, uh, there was a picture that went out and was really cool. It was a picture of you and Atiki and Foose. And the three of you were, were celebrating your heritage and where you came from. What does that mean to you uh, personally to be able to celebrate that part of who you are? Uh, giant of Africa, you know, just we repping our country where we're from and our heritage and is like really big to us. Uh, you know, being a Nigerian is like one of the best things for me. I think being a Nigerian, seeing um, Fusa and Atiki repping their country too, you know, we didn't forget uh, our country back home and we want to re uh, um, represent our heritage as much as we can. And also at the Midnight Madness, I didn't held a Nigerian flag. So I was walking down, I saw someone waving the flag. So after the Jersey review, I ran back up. I was like, can I have this flag? I need to represent my country. <laughs> so I ran back up and grabbed the flag and, and came down. So That's that was awesome. pretty dope. That's so cool. What obviously being from the same continent and being African is shared. What is it that sort of brings you guys together in this? Because I'm not sure there's another team in the United States with three African players. Perhaps there is, but this is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. So I'll say we understand like where we're coming from. You know, we've been through a lot. You know, from coming from like Africa is really hard. So I think we shared our bond together, and also Nigeria is the best country in Africa. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Bring <in> the smack talk. <laughs> like awesome. Well, Gideon, thanks for coming on the show. We're hey. glad you're back at BYU. We can't wait to uh, watch the blue and white scrimmage next week. Yeah, appreciate you guys for having me here. Thank you so much. And December 17th, the shoe drive. So save yes. the shoes. The shoes. December 17th in that week. And also go support George Helping Hands Foundation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Uh, he is Jason. I'm Jeremy. Let's whip it. Cook Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Yesterday, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark officially announced some details about the upcoming football season. We had a call this morning. Um, we will not have divisions. Uh, we'll announce the, the next year's schedule in early December, which is pretty much 
when it has been done previously. And over a two-year period, each of the schools will, will play each other um, at least once. So um, excited about what that schedule will look like when we finally play. Jason, can you wait that long? No, I cannot. Um, I was expecting this in October. The fact that it's not going to happen in October, it's not going to happen in November. Late November, early December. We have to, he, early December is, is, is what we're looking at. So the fact that we have to wait, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy. My Christmas presents here. That's, Which, by the way, that's your cheap way out of it. A lot of that information a big had been gift previously me. reported, yes. made official now. We yes. didn't know the date, or and we still don't, but we know the timeline. BYU Baseball released its schedule yesterday. It looks like you'll be spending February 16th through the 25th in uh, the Big Easy in Louisiana. Louisiana. Not uh, New Orleans per se. Jason, will you be coming back talking like Brian Kelly? I, I think it. I think it's a must. I think it happens. Safe whether family. <laughs> whether whether you want. Look. How do you say it? Family, family. You you do now. Yeah. In so I'm, February, I'm, you I'm just I'm just telling family. you. Like with all of that, uh, the, the Cajun <laughs> food yeah, be down so, in Louisiana so for like gumbo. ten days. Awesome. I'm gonna come back sounding like I fit right in to the culture. Absolutely. What, uh, Said no one. You would do it the same. I, we fa- we assimilate family. very quickly to our surroundings. My t- my tie impersonation would become who I actually am. Yes, Suddenly. yes it would. Yeah. All right, after further review, breaks down what's going on with the defense and what's going on on the offensive side of the football. Watch it on demand now on BYUSN.com. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Jeremy, in their latest bowl projections, the Athletic has BYU playing the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina yes. in the Frisco Bowl in Texas. Should we just embrace and campaign to play the Shants? in a bowl game at this point? Doesn't matter where, yes. should we just be like, hey, BYU Coastal Carolina, make it happen. Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers, C-cubed, in fill-in-the-blank ESPN-owned bowl. Yes. I want the smoke! We want this! Just don't tell them until Wednesday of that week. Yes. That's my only request. I'm going to continue to say that. <laughs> and they have to travel 2,000 miles. Yes. Okay, like, it doesn't matter. Yes. Location doesn't matter. Location, Location doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Give me the teal, bring on the teal and the royal. Let's clash. Let's do this in a bowl game. It would be very, very interesting. I love the idea of that. Yes, mullets versus Mormons, part two. Hugh Free says uh, <laughs> BYU has some, quote, full-grown men. Um, it is a tall, tall cha- challenge. You know, they're um, physically much larger than we are. Um, they've got some full-grown men. Full-grown men. Is Freeze talking about the actual physical physical stature here, or is this code for BYU is old? It's both, Jerem, and I'm actually okay with it because he just didn't say the word old. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't. You know, hit or the mature. hot button word, which is old. Old guys, mission trips, none of that stuff. He just said full-grown men, and I'm okay with that. It's both It's both of those things, but I'm glad he didn't go the usual route of every other coach and every other team, so I'm okay with this. Plus the accent kind of mixes it up, I'll be honest. Full-grown man. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> the dude coached a game from a hospital bed, Jeremy. He can do whatever <laughs> he wants. 
He's laying down. Thumbs up. <laughs> Amazing. Hugh, Hugh Freeze is dedicated to the craft. Oh, my goodness. All right, Jerem, college football commissioners are meeting today in Dallas to talk further about the college football playoff expansion. Very exciting. Do you think we will have an expanded playoff in 2024, or do you think we're going to have to wait until 2025 or beyond? I really hope we have it in 24. I think it's inevitable, uh, like Thanos, and I just really think that we should have this because it's going to be awesome. We essentially have it in the New Year's Six. It's not exactly that. It's kind of that. Let's get to it. Let's go. Why not? There's so much money in it. Like, what reasons are there to not do this? There is no reason to not do it. That's the thing. Like, I know that the logistics are going to be difficult to work out, but who cares when there's so much money involved and the fans want, yes, figure it out, and I think they will. Because if it doesn't come into play in 2024, how unexciting is the college football playoff going to be that year? It's Everyone's not that saying, exciting okay, now. Great. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, awesome. Same four to five programs every year. Just give me something different, at least in the first few rounds. Maybe a crazy upset happens. Bring it, make it happen. Let's go already. Yeah, it's it's not that exciting now. The semifinals are blowouts, and then we hope the championship game's good. Women's soccer gets a big win in Malibu against Pepperdine. What does it mean for the season now? It means that BYU is now that much closer to being the team to beat in the West Coast Conference. You and I said last week, hey, while BYU is down right now, per se, if they can take care of business against undefeated Portland at home, which they did, and get a road win at Pepperdine and Malibu, which they did, now they're right back in the race with Santa Clara and the others atop the conference. And they got Gonzaga. If BYU beats Gonzaga at home this weekend, Jeremy, I would say that They've got a case for being the best team in the West Coast Conference in spite of the slow start, and they're again the team to beat. Beat Gonzaga, and now you are the team to beat in the WCC. As you can see in the graphic over Spencer, uh, in the West Coast Conference standings, Santa Clara, 15 points. They've won the first five games, uh, three points each, of course. They haven't played any of the top four. They have that coming down the stretch now. BYU's uh, going to play Gonzaga on Saturday, host Santa Clara next week. And then you've got uh, you know some tough ones uh, down the stretch for BYU at San Diego, at LMU. Winnable games, not as tough against those big four. BYU tied for second. They can be in second place by themselves on Saturday. And so they're in business for a WCC title. The RPI is 19 coming into the week. So BYU's in a great spot to host at least a first round NCAA tournament game and perhaps win a WCC title. Let's go. I love it. Well done to the women for stepping up in the big games. And I'm glad you brought up the fact that Santa Clara hasn't really played anybody. BYU gets the Broncos at home. Looking forward to that game. Another like statement opportunity for the women. On to a sports equinox day, Jerem. And by sports equinox, I mean the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and even the NHL all have games on the same day. 27th time ever. Should we be paying more attention to this? Is, is this, you know, more noteworthy? Is this cool to you? No, it's the 27th time ever. If you said it was like the third time ever, isn't it going to be the next couple of weeks <laughs> that we're going to have this? Like, is this a big deal? It does it every Thursday and Sunday and Monday, like we're going to have this? I mean, it's cool because it gives sports fans a lot to watch, so I like that. But yeah, it's. I don't think it's. Uh, 
anything super crazy. You bring up a valid point, it's 27 times. <laughs> like by now it's like, okay, cool, it's one of those times. Awesome, let's go. Yeah, like my family was like, hey, this is so exciting, you're graduating from BYU when I did, and I said, yeah, just like the thousands of other people that do every year. Like to me, to me that wasn't <laughs> that big of a deal, but I appreciate the love. Okay, last but not least, John Rothstein moments ago tweeted this. Sources, the Division I Transformation Committee has, has had dialogue to expand the NCAA tournament in all sports to include 25% of the programs who are eligible. This would mean the men's, and I'll add the women's, basketball NCAA tournament would expand by approximately 20 teams. Many have opposed this. Are you opposed to an expansion to 96 teams in the NCAA tournament? I've always thought that number was just too many. Like 96 teams, it just seems like a lot. Now, like now we're going, you know, three, three and a half weeks of the NCAA tournament. So it just seems kind of strange. And I like that it's tough for teams to get into the field of 68. Like if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And, and I, I think that they're kind of as a, it, it's, uh, well, it stinks to be on the outside looking in, there's something to be said about making the tournament. I don't want to be college football with these millions of bowl games on the basketball side. Like, I kind of like the tournament being that much more special because it's really difficult to get in. But to our point about expansion with the college football playoff, it just makes way too much sense. So I can see it happening as much as I think it might dilute the sport and the NCAA tournament. Let's be careful not liking expansion because we just got expanded into the Big 12. But I, I, do, <laughs> I do think 96 would be cool. Obviously, it's not traditional. It's hard. And I think BYU is going to be out more than in in the NCAA tournament in the Big 12. So I wouldn't mind this because if you told me, hey, BYU in football, they expanded the playoff to like 24 teams. Well, now BYU has a shot at making that every year. A 12-team playoff, it's like maybe once in the next 10 or 20 years. Like, that's going to be tough. So I'm I'm in favor of it. In the NFL, it's about 50%, right? And we don't complain. We don't complain. It'd be 25% in college. That's a lot. 96 teams is a lot. But, I mean, I, I would be very, very interested in seeing how they bracket this thing out. Can you imagine how big the bracket is? Hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to need like a 12 by 18 page for all of these teams. 11 by 17 tabloid. Yeah. Ledger. Yeah. Okay, okay. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. CBS Sports reports, as we mentioned, the Big 12 could be getting a new media rights deal north of 43 mil. Uh, Brett Yormark, the commish, uh, was quoted as saying, quote, I don't believe in flat, stating his expectations are that the schools will earn more than the 43 mil that they currently have. A reminder, BYU, this is for 2025. BYU is going to get half of the current TV deal money uh, the first two years, and then they're about to get paid, as we mentioned. So, Spence, what do you think of that report and $43 million? Major win if BYU is brought in at that level, and it's at least as much as the previous deal was, if not a little bit more, because you and I talked before, like, Hey, even if it dips a little bit, it's still going to be a huge boost to BYU's athletic department 
and to what BYU wants to do in upgrading facilities. And I mean, there's so much that BYU has already accomplished with relatively little compared to the other Power 5 conferences and Power 5 schools. So if BYU is brought in at that $43 million or even a little bit more, major win for the conference, major win for the new commissioner, Brett Yormark, and obviously a huge, huge win for BYU Athletics overall. And maybe less important, but it still resonates with the fans, a major win if this deal goes down in the Big 12 before the Pac-12 locks in their new uh -huh. agreement. I don't know why, but it's because it's because yes, this race between the Big 12 and the Pac-12, like between BYU and anything associated with the Pac-12, if, if BYU is leading out and first in that, we put a ton of emphasis in this. And I'm speaking collectively of the fans. But that, that would be a win in the minds of BYU fans all across BYU Sports Nation if the Big 12 is able to lock in this deal. And especially more money. Like, we'll see what happens with the Pac-12 deal, but more money uh, for the Big 12. Right now, that is the case. We'll see what the Pac-12 comes up with. Uh, and George Klyovkov, their commissioners, they're trying to figure out their own deal. So, Jeremy, those are my two takeaways. Awesome for BYU to be brought in at... Nothing less than 43, if we're going off of what the commissioner says and we believe him. And then, hey, why not be a part of a conference that's locking their, in their deal right now? It feels like the Big 12 is ahead of the curve, and that's good news. Yes. Uh, Brett Yormark also explained that if they don't uh, get a deal done in the short term, not exactly what, sure what that means in terms of the uh, next couple months perhaps, that they would need to wait 16 months for the negotiations to continue. So they are looking ahead, and we know why that matters, Spence. It's a BYU versus Utah thing. It's a look at our Power 5 conference versus look at yours. Absolutely, that's a thing with the fans. It matters, right? 43 mil plus would be unbelievable. We anticipate that BYU's football contract with ESPN currently is somewhere between probably 10 and $14 million. So we're talking about almost quadrupling. Like, what? So here's my list of the top five renovations I want to see with BYU Athletics. Number five, All right. soccer press box. We'd like to be a little higher, have a little better view, okay? Number four, Marriott Center Suites. I think that's a thing. Might need to, you know, dig out the concrete there and put in some suites or something. We got to figure that out. Three, LES Suites at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I think uh, perhaps there's more outside of that press box, which brings me to two. The press box need, uh, needs a facelift. And number one, the locker room at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So with this dough, the BYU is going to start cashing in in, uh, you know, three years uh, every year at 43 mil plus, we think. There's some money to be had, and yep. BYU doesn't spend it typically until it has it. So perhaps we're uh, you know, three, uh, five to ten years out from a lot of this stuff potentially happening. But it would be nice. Also, you, you mentioned uh, the Pac-12 Big 12 deal. If the Pac-12 dissolves in any way, shape, or form, um, it will be because the Big 12 is ready to perhaps accept a few of those teams. It feels like the Big 12 is ready now. Quote, we're open for business from Brett Yormark. There's an opportunity there if the Big 12 secures something where the Pac-12 goes, those schools might look and go, well, I'm getting paid more there. That's uh, the mighty dollar controls a lot, as we saw with USC and UCLA a couple of months ago. So could the Big 12 position itself to be a better expansion candidate for some of those teams? We shall see. And uh, it's just exciting because it feels like the Big 12 is going in the right spot. They're moving forward. And uh, I can't wait to hear from John Wilner about how this is equal to or less than what the Pac-12 is going to get. Because at the end of the day, there's a yeah, lot goodness. of that rhetoric going on on social media. Even at half of what the Big 12 is getting per school right now, and you mentioned BYU is going to get, for the first two years, half of the current deal. 20, 21 million, 
It's just a, this, even that is a massive upgrade yeah. from what BYU has with ESPN. And it's been a nice deal with ESPN. BYU's been in the ESPN conference of sorts. It's been incredible. But even that for the next two years will be a nice step up. And then when that new deal kicks in, I love it. I'm going to add to your list of potential upgrades yeah. with just a sleeping giant of sorts from BYU, Jerem. And that is the property at Provo High School across the street from BYU's campus. I feel like BYU Athletics is going to do something big with the Provo High property. I don't know what it is. A parking lot. And again, this is just me. This is just me speculating, but I feel like that is a sleeping giant when that additional revenue comes in from the Big 12. Watch out for the Provo High School property. BYU bought that for $10 million in what feels like an eternity ago. What was it, like five or six years ago? That has potential to become something special, I think. So, yeah, it, you want those those upgrades? I want to see something happen on that Provo High School property, and I think eventually we will with BYU getting that additional revenue. Yeah, it's sixth on the list. Honestly, it was an honorable mention for me that I forgot to even bring up. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to – I don't want a volleyball facility. I want Smithfield House as the spot forever. It's unique. So, yeah, exciting times. We'll see what uh, actually gets done with the Big 12 and the TV deal. ESPN and Fox, by the way. Fantastic. That's as exposed as you can be, which is great, outside of like CBS on a, uh, at 1.30, which is going to be the Big Ten spot. That's not going to be BYU's spot, Big 12. Come on now. ESPN and Fox, fantastic. You stick with the traditional ones where you get the biggest money, probably, and the most exposure. Yeah, yeah. Give me Big 12 after dark all the time. Lavelle Edwards Stadium at night is magical. I want BYU to play big-time night games in the Big 12. Cannot wait for that. I also cannot wait for topic two, so we're going to go there right now, Jerem. On Saturday, I ask you, what is more likely, the BYU defense with Kalani Satake potentially calling plays, some changes, some new life energy into that program being better against Liberty, or the Cougars' offense making up for the defensive struggles. What do you think? I think it's the defense. I think it's easier for this defense to get a little bit better than it is the offense to be a little bit better. I don't agree with Dave McCann's take of, hey, the offense needed to score 53-plus. How about you don't give up 40-plus, okay, especially at home uh, Saturday against Arkansas? No, scoring 35 should be enough typically. Typically, there's going to be some shootouts sometimes. He's about to go to the Big 12. Like, I agree with that part of Dave's convo of, hey, shootouts are coming, um, you know, uh, in, in the Big 12. But this defense is better than what we've seen. Last year, they struggled. They were 79th in SP+. But I believe that they can be top 50. Like, we're not asking them to be a good defense, Spence. We're asking them to be mediocre, to be okay. Right now, they're bad. Can they just be okay? And Liberty's got some capable weapons that BYU needs to defend against. They need to be ready to go against some of these guys against the Flames. Granted, they've uh, you know had quarterback issues, but they've had good play to the tune of 6-1 and one, despite playing three quarterbacks, which is wild. I believe that Kalani Stocky is going to call the plays this week. I believe BYU will simplify things, and they will be prepared for that Flames offense, which is going to be uh, wild and raucous in front of that home crowd. BYU uh, Cougar Nation is going to show up as well. It's going to be a fun environment Saturday. Jerem, you and I pointed out in the offseason that we thought the key to a special season for BYU did not primarily lie with the BYU offense, but rather the BYU defense getting even a little bit better than the defense was last year. Because statistically speaking, and in all of the major ratings and metrics, BYU's defense last year floated somewhere around the lower 70s into the high 80s. Okay, 
we just said be a little bit better. Be like middle of the pack. If you can be like dead middle of the pack on defense, then you could potentially have a special season. Well, BYU's defense has not done that. So I feel like it is on the BYU defense to step up. Like I feel like they're more likely to play a much better game. In fact, I feel like they have bottomed out. I don't think it can get much worse than what it's been over the last five weeks, you know, culminating in what happened against Arkansas on Saturday. You give up 52 points at home and lose by 17. Yikes. I feel like that was the bottoming out moment for BYU this specific season, and everything will be an upward trajectory from here on out. So, yeah, for me, it's more likely the BYU defense will play better, frankly, because it was so bad on Saturday. I feel like it can only get better, and quality of opponent has something to do with that, yes, and even though it's in the afternoon, it's Eastern time zone, BYU has played some weird games with those circumstances in play. I feel like BYU's defense is more likely to, to rally around Kalani Satake, rally around Elisa Tuiaki. I saw you see some of the players come out in support of Coach Tuiaki and his humility, his willingness to maybe take on a new role. They've been alluding to that in their social media commentary. So I, I expect them to show up. It's more likely the BYU defense is going to play better. The offense will do their thing. If BYU can score 30-plus and the defense, you know, it does a little bit better, then the Cougars should win this game, and I believe they're still about a six, six-and-a-half-point favorite. That is right. But the line's been fluctuating all over the place. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Johnson, a.k.a. the Instapod. He can get hot quick. Uh, let's go, man. Mr. Max suit deal. Yeah, shout out Mr. Looking Mac. Looking good. <laughs> Looking good, man. Um, okay, let's let's talk about it. You're listed as a junior. Mm -hmm. You have two years left, which is yeah. great. Yeah. I was thinking maybe you were a senior, but with COVID, it's hard to know these days. I'll graduate this year, but still got another year to play. That's awesome. And I know uh, – oh, what's your uh, degree, by the way? Urban planning. Urban planning. Yep. Okay, and you want to be a realtor? Yeah, commercial real estate. You're almost there. I'm almost there. I'm working on my license right now. So if anybody has a commercial building that we need to get sold, nice. Hit me up. Like, so so go. we're going to we're going to see Spencer's name joining like as we drive down I15, you see these big buildings that's and right. they have the banners on them. Say call so and so if you're interested. Spencer that, Johnson's name's going right. to be on them. You'll join the David Nixon, David, yeah. Jim Balderson. They're in they're in that game okay. as well. Jimmy Balderson used to play for BYU as there well we in hoops. The perhaps the greatest Canadian men's basketball player in BYU history. Okay, let's talk hoops with you. Um, oh, uh, realty, by the way. You're almost there? Yeah. You're almost licensed. Like, close, close. That's awesome. I'm getting there. In college. That's, that's great, man. Mm -hmm. Okay, so rumor has it you've, get, you've bulked up. you gained some muscle. Is this true? It's true. How much? What are we talking about here? So, <clears throat> from the, the end of last season to the beginning of this one right now, 18 pounds. 18? Yeah. Just pure, undefiled muscle. Can't you tell through the camera right here? <laughs> so what's, what was the purpose of gaining the weight? Is it just is it, is it durability? Is it just to be bigger in general? Like, what's, what was the reason behind it? Um, for me, just I just wanted to be bigger, you know? I remember back to our St. Mary's game, and I was like, they're dirty. Like, you watch the St. Mary's game, <laughs> they are dirty. We're going there. And I was like, I'm sick of getting punked by St. Mary's. So I'm going to put on this weight. I, I'm going to spend a lot of time in the weight room this summer. And we developed a plan with Coach Shork, our strength coach. And it was awesome. We made it happen. Are you talking about fighting through contact? Is that yeah. what you're referring to? Yeah. Like so, like, with every, with every rep, was it like, St. Murray's, <laughs> Gales? <laughs> like, I mean, it's like, is that what it was? <laughs> Randy Bennett, <laughs> <Yeah>. Logan Johnson. 
And uh, I kind of love that you said that because it's a rivalry. You go back yeah. and forth and whatnot. Um, what is it about St. Mary's that makes it so uh, emotional? Because clearly that matters to you based on your comment. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> last year when we went there, the, St. Mary's has a stigma when you go there that the refs just aren't going to make calls, right? It's just, a, it's just a tough place to play. And when we went there, like, sure enough, there were some questionable calls or non-calls made. And I was like, that's, I'm just, that's just not going to happen. Whether the ref calls the call this next year or not, it's not going to affect the way that I finish. You know? What are your thoughts on this being the last year in the conference? I, I know Coach Pope really wants you guys focusing this year, not looking yeah. ahead. But, I mean, everywhere you go, it's going to be the last time you're going there. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little weird. I mean, the, the WCC has been great. There's some really cool places we go, San Francisco and, and San Diego, really, really cool cities. Um, definitely don't want to discount this year as we're looking forward to next year. We, there's some good teams and you got to stay locked in. It'd be fun to play Utah State this year. It's not happening yeah. because your brother transferred to Utah State. Yep. We would have had part two of the Johnson Bowl. <laughs> I know. Which you are 1-0 and in yep. after the Oregon game last year. Uh, were you bummed when you heard that news? I was bummed out. Um, that's always a fun game because I think we were going to either play it uh, at the Jazz Arena or up in Logan. Which you know, either one of those venues is, is super cool. Didn't work out this year, which is a bummer. I love that game yeah. too. I think it's a great one. Yeah. But he called me and is like, "Dude, I can't believe it. The last memory I have of you is is you putting a forty ball on me." And <laughs> <laughs> the pass and the yeah. it was that was that was quite the moment. Uh, that was quite the moment, which was awesome. Okay, uh, let's talk about American Fork. Mm -hmm. You and Trey Stewart represent. Yeah, that's a that's a nice uh, caveman representation right there. Yeah. And your thought your thoughts on Trey's game. He feels like he's going to be a bigger part of this team. This he year. is. He's taking a, a big stride. He's, he's shooting the ball really well. I think he's been shooting like 50% from three in, in all of our live play. So um, he's taking a big step. He's shooting it really well. He's making really good plays. He's super athletic. I don't know if you guys knew that. 6'9 wingspan. Yeah. Like I, said. I didn't realize that, that he's plus seven. Yeah. That's amazing. So he, he's definitely going to be a big part of our team this year. And he'll customize his shoes. <laughs> yes, he will. I'm actually working on a deal with him, so nice. look out for that. Nice. So take us through this new team. Obviously, lots of new faces. You've been here for a couple of seasons, so you, you've kind of been around a couple of different mm -hmm. types of teams. G give us the rundown on, on this group and, and, and what, what fans can expect this year. Yeah. We, I mean, we have a lot of new guys, and there's always challenges that come with that. We're, we're you know, trying to get everyone on the same page because we haven't played with each other. Dudes are coming from different places, so... You know, we got to get everybody on the same page, but um, the big thing that they've been pushing for us is like, hey, make a play for your teammate, you know, which, which is always a great way when you got dudes that are coming in, you get that ball moving around and you're sharing it and everyone starts to feel good and you're like, okay, we can play with each other, you know. And that was fun to see during the practice as we see some of that footage uh, from a couple of weeks ago because the coaching staff will actually get mad at you if you don't take that open shot Yeah. when that play is made, which is really funny. It's like, no, don't make the extra, make an extra play, but we don't want an extra, extra play. Exactly. Yeah, they tell us all the time, we work really hard to earn a good shot for our teammates. So if you don't shoot the ball, you're actually being selfish because mm -hmm. we worked hard to get you that, which is, which is a cool concept. You'd think that, yeah, you'd think that's yeah. uh, counterintuitive there. What did you work on? this offseason individually to get better besides gaining 18 pounds yeah. of muscle. Straight muscle. Obviously strength. Um, been working really hard uh, with Coach Fennell, who's come in. Um, we we're, we're really want to play in transition a lot more this year. So working really hard with him on, hey, when you catch the ball, like you need to be able to make a read in 0.5 seconds about 
are you going to drive? Are you going to shoot? Are you going to pass? Um, so that's been super helpful for me and, you know, just taking those, those steps that, um, to be a leader on this team as well. Cause we have so many new guys. Well, and, and being a leader, that's obviously a role that, that I'm sure that you would love to be, be able to do this year from an on the court perspective. Have, have the coaches talked to you about what type of role they envision for you this year? Not a ton, not a ton yet. Um, probably a conversation that we will have. Um, but just the way things have been shaping up, I, you know, in, in our practices and, and preseason and things like that, I, I really feel like I have kind of, you know, had to take that, that next leadership role. And it's been awesome. I love it. There are a lot of newcomers. Um, tell us about kind of who sticks out and who fans are going to enjoy watching yeah. this season. Because obviously there's kind of the big three in, in Noah and uh, Rudy and Jackson. Yeah. And there are three return missionaries and there are other, mm -hmm. there are other guys. There are lots of newcomers. Totally. Yeah, each dude brings a, a different strength to the team. Um, but one, one dude I, f I think that Cougar fans are really going to like is Rudy. He's super fun. Um, I was talking to some people earlier today, and, and he's just like your classic point guard where he's always talking. Like I, I walk into the locker room, and he's on the phone with somebody, or he's FaceTiming, or he's talking to one of his teammates. Like the dude is just always talking, which you love. Communicator. Communicator. On and off the court. Yeah, which you love for your point guard. So I think – you know, Cougar Nation is really going to like him. So he's coming on the show a little bit later mm -hmm. on. Is there, is, there, is there something that maybe we can put him on the spot with? Maybe something we can ask him about? Oh, man. That, like, he's like, whoa, they, the how, do, how, do you know how do you know that? How do you know that? We've had him on before, yes. but, but we need some insight. Yeah, I mean, you're around Rudy every day. <laughs> yeah. Ask him about, he's from Canada, but he says he's from Florida, so <laughs> maybe put a little play on that. I don't Come know. on, yeah. Ontario. Yeah. It's from Ontario. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, um, in terms of your play, you played 61 games at BYU all off the bench. Mm -hmm. what's, what's it like sort of embracing that role of like, and I've called you the Instapot, like you can get how quick, of, okay, this is my role and I'm going to do it well. And mm -hmm. perhaps your role is different this year, I don't know. Yeah. But you've played every game off the bench and been a contributor in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, for me personally, it was my mindset when I got here to BYU was, hey, if I play four minutes or if I play 30 minutes, you know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to make a difference. And that's something that I've always really tried to do. Um, and I don't really see that changing. And, you know, so whether, you know, this season, I, same deal. I end up playing four minutes in one game or I end up playing the whole game. Like, it doesn't matter. You just got to come in and make a difference. And, and you got to do what it takes to, you know, ultimately help your team get, get the win. You know, it's the, everybody has always cared about what they wore. But the uniforms and the colors, that has become so important to mm -hmm. players and honestly for fans and everything. What do you think of the, uh, the new uniforms? Oh, they're sweet. We got the new royal, white and royal, which I love. I love the royal. Um, and then the navy and royal. You guys saw That's that That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love Super that. Super clean. The nickname's the Kalani because he's been yeah. wearing navy and royal for a long time now. Yes. Some fans don't like that look. Thank you, Kalani. <laughs> <laughs> I like that look, personally. The rumor is, though, that we're getting... Two more new jerseys. Yes. I haven't seen them, but I, yeah. I'm pretty excited. There are other jerseys on the way. For this season, by the way? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. For this season. Intriguing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this video was sweet. What you, would you think of this? Oh, it was awesome. Our media day, they got a new, like, 360 camera going around. and um, Maddie and Emma bringing it. They're bringing it. It was fire. It was fire, right? Okay. The, uh, on the schedule, what games stick out to you? Because there's some real awesome mm -hmm. opportunities, including the Bahamas. Yeah. We, uh, Creighton, big one, USC, um, any game in the Bahamas, which 
There's some big time big teams like in there. Kansas yeah. and Tennessee are sitting in there. I know. I know. Um, Gonzaga, obviously. Yep. St. Mary's. St. Mary's. We know how that you feel about little, that now. A little personal. <laughs> um, and then San Francisco. Yep. That team up north as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Few, few old teammates. Another uh, coach. That's right. Yep. That's a big one. And Lindenwood. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> UVU is interesting too, let's be honest. A little yeah. payback there. Mm hmm. No payback. Okay. We're trying to get on that Bahamas trip. But the, I came this close to being on that Bahamas trip. I know. I thought you might make I, it. I was this close to being the one. No. Oh. It's not happening. Like, it's not happening. We'll send, you, we'll send you a picture. Thank you. <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> just like Hawaii. I think we had. Uh, did we have Tijon Lucas on, I think, from, uh, from Maui? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That was, that was fun. In terms of uh, the schedule and the opportunities there, basketball is interesting because yeah. you're rewarded for playing a tough schedule, whether you win or not. And you guys are going out on the road. You're playing in Vegas, playing in the Bahamas, playing mm-hmm. all over the place. Are there certain games where you're like, okay, we need to get X amount of these? Obviously, you want to win every one, Spencer. Yeah. But the reality is you're going to lose them, and that's fine. Um, to try and get into the NCAA tournament because I know that's the goal of this team every year. Totally. Um, learning from last year, so we were, you know, pretty much like a weekend away from getting into the tournament. We dropped a couple games that we shouldn't have lost. So I think more than anything is you, we obviously want to win every game and, and we're competing. And, you know, I, I think we actually will surprise a lot of people. Um, but it's taking care of those games that you shouldn't lose. Like you, we just can't lose those. So that's definitely going to be a big focus this year. And then, um, you know, like I said, I think we're going to surprise some teams this year. What, what, what do you think will surprise people? What, what do you think maybe you're not getting the credit for that you think you guys will surprise? Yeah, I think just how, how good of like shooters we are, how fast we're getting up and down the floor in transition, um, and how disruptive we are on defense. We've really been working on those three things. Um, so that's going to be, I think a lot of teams are like, they're going to look at our roster and they're going to say, oh man, well, they don't have a, a really big name like a Barcelo or a you know, a, a, Har- a Matt Harms, like they don't have these big names, so they're not going to be good. But that's not true, you know. Okay, well, we look forward to it. October 26th coming up uh, uh, very quickly, the blue and white game. Thanks for the time, Spencer. Yeah, thank Thanks you guys. For Thanks for bringing your added 18 pounds of muscle in the Let's studio. go. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Indeed it is, Jerem. And you know what? Let's just get right to it. You have been very, very bullish about BYU playing well against Liberty and that Cougar fans have kind of been freaking out unnecessarily this week because you feel like BYU is going to come out and they're going to bring it. Why are you so confident that BYU is going to show up at Williams Stadium tomorrow and play some of their best football of the season and win this game? Well, first off, if fans want to freak out, that's their prerogative. I'll never tell you not to freak out. But (laughs) I feel very confident in BYU because I I think there's a certain level of urgency with this team that uh, hasn't been there last couple weeks. Obviously, having lost two in a row to uh, Notre Dame and Arkansas – there's going to be changes. We expect Kalani Stocky to call the plays defensively. We've talked a lot about simplification this week. To, we'll talk to Cam Jensen as well about what he thinks. But I've got four things that really stick out, Spence. First off, Liberty's 6-1, and one, but the Arkansas close game is certainly a moral victory. Uh, uh, excuse me, Wake Forest. One point loss there. They go for two. They lose that one. Wow, Wake Forest is number 13 right now. That looks like a good loss. 
Four of the seven games decided by a touchdown or less, three by one or two points, including Southern Miss in quadruple overtime. And last week in uh, an FCS game against an old rival, Gardner-Webb, one-point game. This team beat an FCS team by one point, okay? Shouldn't they be in the top 25 yep. if they're that good, Spence, 6-1? and one? Well, the schedule hasn't been great. They got two votes. Vegas says BYU by about a touchdown. They're 77th in the super ranking. BYU 55th, by the way. They're good. I'm not saying Liberty's not good. I just think BYU's better. Number two, third-string quarterback. They've played three different guys, which uh, says a lot about their depth. Jonathan Bennett, a 3-0 as a starter. Oh, no. Ah. One-point game with Gardner-Webb. Come on, BYU's not Gardner-Webb. If Charlie Brewer plays, he hasn't thrown a pass in 49 days. Also, this is the guy that helped BYU end the streak against Utah. Do we want Charlie Brewer to play, right? And Caden Salter was the starter versus Wake Forest. I don't know if he's going to be back, right? Sounds like not. Threw for 246 against Wake. Ran for 100, lost 29, but gained 100 in that game. I'm most uh, afraid of him, but it doesn't sound like he'd be the guy. Number three, Liberty's turnover dependent, Spence. If they don't get takeaways, I don't think they're going to be in this game. Uh, BYU takes care of the ball like it has. Only five turnovers all Fair year. Cougars are going to win this game. Also, they give it away a ton, as I've said all week. 16 giveaways, fifth worst in the country, plus t- 28 points off turnovers. If they don't get turnovers, they're not going to generate that extra possession or two that they probably need to beat BYU. And number four, I've only talked about Liberty. I'll talk about BYU right now. BYU's losses are to quality opponents. They are. Oregon is fantastic. Notre Dame doesn't look as fantastic. That was a disappointing one. Arkansas is 4-3, and three, but they played a tough schedule. This is a different kind of game. I believe BYU will show up, and if they don't, it's certainly World War III on Monday. But I am confident that BYU is not just going to win, Spence. They will win handily. I believe they'll show up. Wow. Okay. Well, I hate that I have to take this conversation to the well of Eastern <laughs> time zone. Boo! Boo! We got to go, go there again. We got to go there again because, frankly, it just has not been good for BYU. If you think about the last seven road trips for BYU, and not just Eastern time zone, but any time the Cougars have gone east, it typically has not boded well for the Cougars outside of the season opener against USF this year. That was that kind of felt like this breakout party, and finally BYU's figured it out in Florida in the Eastern time zone. They did their thing, but. When you look at everything aside from that game when BYU travels east, it just hasn't been good. Going back to 2021, BYU travels east to Baylor. They lose that game. BYU travels east to Shreveport, Louisiana for the bowl game. They lose that game. 2019, BYU goes east to Toledo and USF. They lose those games. Did beat Tennessee, but the trend is BYU's 2-5 and five in their last seven road trips when they travel east. Then you throw in the afternoon factor. In the last nine afternoon games spanning two seasons, BYU's 3-6. Three 3-6. And six. Three and six. It's an afternoon game tomorrow. It's in the eastern time zone. And it's just the third time BYU's ever been to the state of Virginia for a game. So what type of team shows up? Now, normally, Jerem, I'm just going to say, look, as confident as you are, I'm hesitant because of the travel and the direction and the trends. But you know what? I'm kind of with you. I feel like BYU is going to play really, really sound, simplified on defense football tomorrow. They will be motivated and feeling the urgency after everything I've heard about team meetings and Kalani Satake getting involved in play calling and the guys rallying around Elisa Tuiaki and people being held accountable. 
I'm buying into the fact that BYU, or the idea rather, that BYU is going to play a better brand of football tomorrow. They will be significantly more sound in their assignments on defense. At least they should be. They've had the best week of practice all season, I'm told. I'm, I'm kind of buying what you're putting out there about, yeah, Liberty being a little bit of a paper tiger and BYU feeling the urgency in spite of the afternoon kickoffs and the Eastern time zone. I like the idea that BYU is going to play well tomorrow. I think it comes down to if BYU's offense can start quickly, then yeah, maybe BYU does win handily. I think a, like a, a decisive win kind of lies with BYU's offense starting quickly. I think the defense is absolutely going to be there tomorrow. They are motivated. They're angry. They're Dave McCann's favorite word, agitated. Yes, Jeremiah, I, I, I am to a degree with you, and I expect BYU to, to show up and play like they have to win this game tomorrow. I thought Dave's favorite word was flyover, but that's just me. Yeah, BYU beat Southern, uh, Georgia Southern. <laughs> they beat Navy, right? Um, those are some good stats. I just think that's uh, correlation, not causation uh, in this case. I could see the argument for both. But uh, another stat to put out there. BYU undefeated this year 4-0 when allowing less than 400 yards, 0-3 when allowing more than 400 yards. In fact, it's a 213-yard difference when BYU wins and when BYU loses. So if, if Liberty's racking up yards, BYU's in trouble. But I just, I just believe the BYU offense is going to do enough and the defense is going to show up and be better, which brings us to topic two, some game notes. Start us off. Three each. Go. All right, Jerem, I'm going to start my game notes with this. BYU and Liberty are two of the nation's worst teams in field goal percentage. I hope this changes tomorrow. BYU ranks 117th out of 131 FBS teams, making just 6 of 11 field goals this season. The good news for the Cougars is Liberty's even worse. They rank 127th in that category, having made just 5 of 11 of their own right. So the two teams combined are 11 for 22 in field goal attempts. Not great, Jerem. Not great at all. College kickers. My first game note. We've said it throughout the week, but Liberty's got a good defense. Number one in the country in takeaways with 18. Number two in sacks and TFLs. The BYU offense has a challenge this week that I think they're ready for, and BYU won't turn the ball over much, if at all. Okay. Number uh, two for me, BYU, I mentioned this earlier, making a rare stop in the state of Virginia. Just the third time that BYU has ever played a game in this state. The first two games happened against the University of Virginia, an overtime thriller back in 2000 when BYU trailed 21 to nothing and came back and won that game in extra time. And then in 2013, that deluge, that storm delayed awful mess that BYU lost with Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams against the Cavaliers. So. Yeah, rare stop in the Cavalier State. In 2000, it was an afternoon game, East Coast, and BYU won. Let's go. Okay, my second note. Flames in are two, seven. In 2013, it was an afternoon game, and they lost. But it, I mean, and it was dry. Uh, Flames are seven and one when the opponent travels more than a thousand miles. You're traveling 1750. I don't care. That's about to be seven and two. Hey, BYU has been the team that's been ranked consistently over the past two seasons, right? Well, now it's Liberty that's receiving votes in the latest AP poll with two, as you pointed out, Jerem. BYU is receiving no votes in the AP oh, poll. Oh, no! First time in almost two years. 
weird territory for the Cougars, given the trend of what's been happening under Kalani Sitake. But yeah, Li Liberty is the team that's receiving votes. BYU receiving no votes currently. Yeah, just be in the top 44. That's the goal, right? And last but not least, Liberty is 5-0 when losing time of possession. What? They get a lot of takeaways. In fact, they've only won time of possession one time this year. So, huh? It's kind of a weird stat. That uh, wraps up game. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. He is Spencer. I am Jerem. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round is presented by Maris, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's start here, Jerem. Taysom Hill and Zach Wilson are the only players in the entire National Football League with a pass, rush, and receiving touchdown this season. My question for you is, will Jaron Hall join that list from the college ranks this year. Yes, he will. He's rushed 45 times and uh, does not have a touchdown carrying the rock. He will this year. He will. Yeah, amazing that he's caught a pass for a touchdown. Certainly he's thrown a bunch of touchdown passes, but I didn't think we'd be at this point in the season and Jaron Hall's without a rushing touchdown. I feel like, yeah, he's gonna accomplish that in the back five regular season games for sure. No doubt. Former Fox Sports president Bob Thompson tweeted the following yesterday. Not sure that anything is, quote, imminent for the Big 12 related to the TV contract. Too early in the process, but Pac-12 needs to get a deal done now to provide some stability to the conference. And they need to get it done before Big 12. Otherwise, there may be some wandering eyes emoji from a couple of corner schools. What jumps out more, that he doesn't think anything is imminent for the Big 12, or that he thinks it's a race between the Pac and Big 12? I think that it's about the race between the Big 12 and Pac-12. A guy with that type of resume and some prestige, if you will, saying that about the race just solidifies in my mind that there actually is an arms race in that regard. Sure. I'm paying more attention to that. How about you? Yeah, it's an expansion thing. I agree. Um, of Is the Pac-12 going to survive? And that survival is contingent on nobody leaving, obviously, and they want to secure that. I put it in quotes because who, know, who knows how long that's going to be. Just a couple of years, I would imagine. That TV contract to me is probably no longer than five to seven years for the Pac-12. Hey, Jerem, no, B yeah, yeah, yeah. no BYU Cougar on the pro football focus top 50 NFL draft big board is there. We, we thought maybe there would be a couple there with Jaron Hall, Blake Freeland, Clark Barrington kind of on None, nobody in the top 50. Is this cause for concern at this point to you? I was hoping there'd be at least one, one of the two you mentioned. But this doesn't, does not correlate to draft status because those are team needs and positional. So I think if you went to 100, we might see Blake and or Jaron on that list. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no cause for concern for me. It's at the halfway point of the season. And frankly, when you have teams like the Las Vegas Raiders involved. Uh, it, you could be in the top 200 and have a guy go in the top Throw. 50. So it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now. Jaron Hall might go to your Seahawks in the first round. It's just it's all about fit and what they do in their spring, their pro day in the spring. Like that matters a lot. Shout out to Darius Hayward Bay. 
Bigger storyline, Chris Watkins return with Gonzaga against BYU Women's Soccer tomorrow night. Top two offenses in the conference or the battle of second place teams in the league as well. Uh, I think it's more about the battle of second place teams in the league. This has become about BYU's re recent dominance in the West Coast Conference and their desire to once again win in their final tour of the West Coast Conference. So for me, it's about a battle of second place teams because the winner of this game, they've got a really, really good shot to win the conference this year. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Both tied for second with 11 points. Santa Clara 5-0, 15 points. They'll stay in first no matter what happens Saturday. But only four games left in the regular season. The time is now. The time is almost now for BYU men's basketball. I can't believe that we are this close to basketball season. And Rudy Williams revealed the latest uniform drop for the BYU men's team with the Royal uniforms coming out. A little bit of black trim in there as well. Watch this video. What up, Cook Nation? It's your boy Three checking in. Hey, I'm up to no good, bro. Honestly, I'm just gonna leak these. I'm gonna leak these jerseys. I don't care. You guys, I'm not gonna make you guys wait. Come on, that's no fun. Check out these new jerseys, man. See them. See what we got, man. We got our boy G right here. Look who it is, man. Yeah. I don't care, man. We're leaking them. We're dropping them right now. Let's go. <laughs> Rudy Williams gets social media. He's got he a future it. in front of the camera at some point whenever he's done playing professional basketball. Uh, you've seen all three now, Jerem. The, the Navy, which is a really, really nice new take on that. The Royals, which we just showed you, and the All-White, which was the first of the three uniforms revealed. Which are your favorite and why? Uh, of the three or the one that's coming next? Because we know that it's black, according to Rudy Williams uh, on BYU Sports Nation a few weeks ago. Um, I like the navy with the royal trim. That's my favorite right now. What's yours? Yep, absolutely. We've seen those close in person. In fact, you wore the jersey on the show a few days ago. The navy with the royal trim is so clean, so sharp. And they've got the Beat Digger Coog on the shorts as well over the Y. I want those shorts, by the way. I want all the shorts, but the Navy are my favorite. Our own Hema Haymuli pointed out yesterday on Twitter that Liberty uniforms this weekend look very familiar. Uh, did the two former Utah Utes and <laughs> TJ Green and Charlie Brewer, who play for Liberty, have anything to do with this? No, but it is interesting <laughs> because it almost looks like a straight rip from Utah's uniform, right? Uh, I will say this, for whatever reason, when Liberty wears white helmets, they don't play as good a football in terms of a win-loss record. So maybe that bodes well for BYU. Correlation. That Liberty's wearing the white helmets that look exactly like Utah's uniform. Their white helmet is BYU's Eastern time zone early afternoon game <laughs> thing. <laughs> Causation and correlation. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe. How about this? LSU, with all of their football tradition, released a hype video that features a cameo by the Angel Moroni from an <laughs> LDS temple in the Baton Rouge area. How about that? It's got us asking, is this something that BYU should have done long, long ago? Yeah, wait a minute. And they came to pass. Yeah, the football team did. Uh, no, I don't think. Also, what's poking out of Angel Moroni's head there? What's going on there? Uh, yeah, th there's a there's a temple there in Baton Rouge. I don't they were playing trumpets in the song, so it kind of fit. Um, also, we steer away from that. Like, 
You know, the, the church asks like NBA teams, like, please don't do a Budweiser commercial over the temple, uh, you know, on ESPN or TNT or whatever. And, and BYU does that in Provo with the temple. So, no, I don't think BYU should have done this a long time ago. No, but I, I was amused by this LDSU, as they put it. Yes, yes. Yeah, shout out to Zach Hicken for that. LDSU. <laughs> yes. thought that was really, really interesting. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. What's up, Doc? How you doing, Cody? Doing well, doing well. Suffering a little bit with the Packers. Uh, I know, I wanted to talk about it. Because <laughs> Zach Wilson and the Jets beat the Packers. And yeah. the Giants, got the two New York teams, I mean, those are tough losses right there. Yeah, like you can't lose to those teams. Yeah, they're 9-3 and because of that. Yeah. yeah They'd be 7-5 and five if <laughs> the Packers had won the last two weeks. But yeah. other than that, how's life? It's good. Um, just basically got done with two-a-days and uh, got a whole new roster, uh, 12 new guys. Um, have a lot of good things going on. By the way, back to the Packers. I don't think I've ever asked you this. No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Are, are you a shareholder? Like, do you own? Do you own stock? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. So when when I was born, my parents got me. Uh, my mom and dad got me. Uh, you know, stock, um, and then they also got me on the season ticket list. So when I was born, you know, 39 years ago, I was like, you know. 80,000 back. Where are you today? I'm getting season tickets and I just got it and I'm 38,000. <laughs> so there's still a chance hey, that. Hey, that my, that, that my grandkids can get the season tickets. Oh my getting gosh. closer. Yeah. All right. So not bad. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, wow that's we need to call Bart Starr and hook you up here. Come <laughs> on, man. Okay, so new season. You mentioned 12 new faces. How's the uh, sort of chemistry and integration of those guys? been because some of the guys didn't come until kind of the fall semester almost started right kind of a, a late start if you will but it seems like that's going pretty well yeah it's going great so far we got a, a lot of guys that just care about winning right now um but playing time hasn't been decided yet either um but but they've been great so far and uh working hard together um and uh yeah it's been a lot of fun we got spencer johnson back there he's just Staring me down, making he sure I'm saying all the right he, things. He's hanging out. He thinks he's going to host uh, tomorrow's show, I think, over there. With so many guys, and, and obviously you don't play an official game for a while, as a coach, what are you wanting to learn about the team in these, these early practices before the season starts? Uh, a lot of things we're looking, looking at right now is adversity right is can they battle through adversity so we'll put them through different drills just to see how they're going to react and you know t uh, scrimmage special situations all these different things and you know when when push comes to shove where are they going to be where are they going to be thinking about uh, how are they going to react uh, making sure that we're all staying together tell me about the three return missionaries because uh, i know tanner chulston had a foot injury is kind of catching up uh, with his health of course but richie saunders looks uh, massive for a freshman, 6'5". <laughs> and then Dallin Hall was the Gatorade Player of the Year here. He's expected to be a good one as well. Yeah, we're really excited about those three guys. Um, I mean, that was really a part of our first real recruiting class at BYU. They're finally here. They're finally here, which is, you know, crazy to think about. Like, you know, I was talking to a couple coaches this summer, and they're like, hey, tell me about your roster, this and that. I'm like, well, we got, 
you know, Tanner Tools and Alan Hall and Richie Saunders back. And they're like, what? You know, they're, they're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, oh, I remember those guys. They're like, they haven't been on your team? No, it took two years, you know. <laughs> um, so that's just a fun thing to talk about during the summer. But we're really excited about those three. Um, they're both really hard workers. They're all about getting better every day. They're in the weight room. Uh, they want to watch film. They're just a pleasure to be around. Um, Tanner Toulson, um is getting a little bit stronger every day right now. Um, uh, Dallin Hall is, is is he's taking a step up every single day. You can just see it. You know he's got such a great IQ. Uh, he sees the play before it happens. Uh, so he he's been awesome. And then Richie Saunders, he's just a workhorse. He he just. Everybody wants to wants to play with Richie just because he's all day, every day, and he plays so stinking hard. What we saw out of Foose last year was was so incredible. He and, and I I know everybody cannot wait to see what he brings this year. I wanted to ask you about Atiki. The word that always gets used is raw. Just how raw he is. How's his How's his progress coming along? Uh, it's it's he's taken a massive jump. From last year to this year, I mean, it's unintended been... with the verticality. Like, <laughs> Both. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I could have used that one. Dang it. Um, <laughs> Next time. Yeah. No, but he's he's been incredible. Uh, the way he's processing things on the floor right now, it, it, it's he's doing an incredible job, and he sees it way faster. He works so hard. Um, he, he's been, you know, he, he's just. It's just so awesome to see how much better he's gotten. Let's talk about some of the returning guys that people are familiar with. Trevin Nell, shoulder injury, out for could be several months, perhaps the whole season. We'll see, yeah. right? Yeah, but he's been at practice every day, you know, leading the guys, been a shot doctor, right? Working yeah. hard, uh, talking about analytics with the, the players every day. Um, his leadership's been great. He, he's been an everyday guy, and that's hard to do, right, when, when, um, when your injury's there. But he was in there this morning with Coach Shork, and – he, he, he's, uh, he's excited to get back as soon as he can. He's engaged despite not being able to play. Like 100%. he hasn't just gone away. Right? Exactly. Like he, he's, he's involved in every drill. Like he'll come ask, hey, what are we in looking for drill. in this drill? Wow. He, he's, he, he wants to be, um, you know, he, he wants to um, be a huge part of this Look thing. At, and that's probably as, as important as it is for you guys as coaches to see that in the investment that the players, it's like we hear all these stories about when guys get hurt and they just don't feel connected. It's got to mean a whole lot to him to still be and have that type of interaction with the team. Yeah, he, I mean, it's awesome how much he cares. And uh, he wants these guys to be great, you know. Always calls them my guys, you know. He, <laughs> he's, he's awesome. That's awesome. Gideon George. Um, Dabbled with the transfer portal, also worked out for a couple of NBA teams. Uh, but he's back, a guy with yep. tremendous length, and we saw him really break out in the NIT in, uh, against, uh, in one of those games. Was it Northern Iowa? Yeah, Northern Iowa. Game? Yeah, he had, I think, 27 points, played, played really well. Uh, Gideon's taken another jump, too. Um, his uh, conditioning, um, he's, he's really taken that to heart. You know, he's probably one of the most conditioned guys we have on the team right now. Um, he knows that was kind of slowing down his progress at times. Uh, but he's been an everyday guy, and he's 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 gonna he's gonna take another good jump here. And then let's have you awkwardly talk about Spencer Johnson in front of Spencer Johnson here in studio, as if he wasn't here. Spencer is one of those guys that just walk around without a shirt on all the time right now. He's on the cross country team. <laughs> <laughs> those 18 pounds of muscle. He's oh showing. my he's gosh! Let people like, know about it. He just tries to run into people now. You know, just walking through the hallway or whatever. He's just trying to run into people. Just picking fights. Yeah, he's yeah. He's always wearing cutoffs. 
You know, this is the first time I've seen him with sleeves on in a long time. So it's, 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 it's good to see him. So we were talking, we've talked to the players about the uniforms. I want to ask about your uniform because we talked with Coach Pope and it sounds like the we're going to wear suits, we're going to wear suits. You guys may be... Preseason rhetoric. You guys may be working on him a little bit. He said you guys had a vote, talked about it yesterday, and it's, it's debatable now. It's not like for sure we're doing suits. You may have a chance here. I don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was the first time we've talked about it as a staff. Um, it really doesn't matter to me at the end of the day. Um, other than I'd rather not wear a suit. Uh, <laughs> so it does matter to be honest, yeah. I mean, they're not doing it in the NBA, you know. They're not doing it most places. They are chilling the NBA, that's right. Oh, yeah, it's all, it's all like three-quarter. Well, post-COVID world is yeah, it's way just, more chill. With and, the, we, have, mean, we have yet to do suits, uh, calling games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just... You know, football coaches, they wear, you know, sweatshirts and hoodies. Cut and, off uh, hoodies. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, baseball, no baseball managers are wearing uniforms. Right? Literally wearing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. pinstripes. I'm not saying yeah. we need to wear uniforms, but, you know, if we could kind of look like the NBA coaches, I think that would be a good look. I think you're making inroads. It's, it's good to know you don't have an opinion on that. <laughs> uh, with the schedule, uh, what sticks out? Because this is going to be the last of the traditional schedules, and then next year it is World War III once you get to league. Yeah, but one and a, twos every game. It's going to be a monster. Uh, this year's schedule, honestly, you know, uh, my mentality, I know Coach Pope, is just every game is big. Like, every game matters. Um, you know, you know, we got a scrimmage this weekend. That's all we're thinking about right now. Well, me, That's personally. a secret scrimmage. Yeah, secret that no one knows Quote about. <laughs> um, that didn't I Seth Davis tweet I, out about? Uh, yeah, I think Seth Davis. I think yeah. Jeff Goodman. No I don't one, know how they're finding it out. Yet but. no one knows about it. It's My, just uh, crazy. <laughs> secret combinations going on here. Um, but the Bahamas, huge opportunity. Obviously, the Bahamas yeah. is cool. Bahamas is we great. Got potentially three massive games. Yeah. Crane's a payback, neutral. Uh, yeah, Creighton. Um, I mean, Missouri State coming in here. San Diego State. Um, just every game. Is, again. Yeah, every game matters. That's and a great game every year. The it fans really are is. the fans are awesome down there. Um, it's, are you saying that sincerely or sarcastic? No, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Like I love, I love playing away games. Good too, history just because there with I the just, show. Yeah, and I love yeah. fans. And BYU's won there a lot. Yeah, like a lot, a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a hard place Blooming to win. Two years ago. Yeah. There's no fans there that game though. Oh, well, that but helped. it was. That probably it was helped. a great win. Yeah, yeah. Charles Zabuo and Brandon Avery just crushing three <laughs> in, in Viejas, which is which is awesome. Okay, uh, this team's gonna have the blue and white next week, uh, November seventh. You've got Idaho State in the season opener on BYU TV. Shameless plug. What do you need to accomplish between now and then with this group? Um, I'm really excited to see what happens this weekend. I don't know if I'm in allowed the quote to talk about yeah, yeah, and, and how we're doing there. Um, we need to become a much better rebounding team. That's going to be huge for us going forward. Because you're basically playing one post player in, in Foos and then uh, Tiki. Those are kind of the two traditional bigs. Yep. Yep. Very, very similar to our first year at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Um, Yoli and the gang. Yoli and the gang, you know, with Colby just, coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah. By, by committee, everyone was rebounding. Yes, right, and that's going to be have to be a yeah. big thing this year. And we need Atiki and Foose to be the best rebounder on the floor every single night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's really important for us. Rebounding, 
Um, and then our, our half-court defense, we're working on different things there that we're, I'm really excited about, that as a staff we're really excited about. Um, and then offensively, our transition, um, and then our kind of flow in, the, in our half-court stuff. So a lot of, lot of things, honestly, that we're working on. There's not one specific thing. Um, but it's just going to be a fun roster, a fun year. But you like the you like the trajectory that the team's on heading into the season. Yeah, it'd be hilarious yeah. if you said no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, actually, it's not going right. <laughs> actually, yeah. actually the guys down. have been tough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. And then, um, like I said, how each guy's going to react right now? Because right now we are trying to we're trying to see if we can separate them at different times. We're kind of doing that during practice, so. All that's really important going forward. Okay, well, I good luck. am really excited. Well, good luck in the uh, thing you're not doing uh, um, this weekend. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll see you for the Blue and White scrimmage next week. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU.